If I become human, I'll never be with my father or sisters again. That's right. But you'll have your man. Life's full of tough choices, isn't it? <laughs> Will the owner of a red and black land speeder vehicle ID THX1138 please return to your craft? You are parked in a no hover area. Attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Stopping at Frontierland Station. Board? W. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 565, and I'm here once again not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my live video broadcasts and chats on Facebook every Wednesday night, blog, videos, special events, books, audio tours, and more. Look, whether it's your first time planning a trip to the parks or you've been hundreds of times, if you're looking for some tips and advice to get ready for your trip or you love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there's something here for you because each week I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between. If you're a new listener, welcome. Please go back and check out some or all the past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and find everything over at www.radio.com. So I'm going to open up the inbox again this week and answer your questions about topics including the mystery of Blake Lake, half days in a park, renaming Epcot, a very special boat trip, the Marshmallow Marsh, I'm not kidding, first time Disney cruisers, Trader Sam's, and the history of tiki culture at Walt Disney World, rise of the resistance and making friendships before making the move i'll then have the answer to our last walt disney world trivia question of the week and i'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a disney prize package then stay tuned to the end of the show i'll have more information about upcoming ww radio events our next meet of the month your voicemails and more so sit back relax and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Whether you've been listening to the show since April 2005, first thank you, or you're a new listener, welcome. I will tell you, or you know, that one of my favorite things to do is talk with and hear from and try and help you best I can. And if, it, if I'm not able to see you or do it real time or in person or on a live show, one of the other best ways that I've always loved to do since the very beginning is by receiving and answering your emails on the show because I not just only want to help you, but hopefully help others as well. 
And more importantly, I don't want the show to just be a one-way conversation. I really want it to be a conversation between me and you and more of us, more really as, as us as a community. And to that point, I invite you to be part of the community and the conversation over on Facebook. If you go to www.radio.com slash community and by being part of the live shows on Wednesday nights, but I asked and you answered, so the email inbox is full, and now we're going to turn things around because you asked. I'm going to answer your emails, of course, with the help of someone who also is in the business of helping you have a truly magical Disney vacation. She is the dream crusher to my figment. She is, did I say dream crusher instead of dream finder? She is, of course, <laughs> Becky Menken from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I was thinking, I've, you know, I'm thinking post D23 Expo, I've been thinking about Epcot oh, and Dreamfinder and Figment, and it was the first thing that came to mind. And you had to go to, to Crusher instead <laughs> of, wow. I've known All you right, for a long so, time. I've known you for a long time. Yes. As you were saying something about since 2005, that makes us like 13 years. 13 years of you and I. That literally, <laughs> I can't believe this is going to come out way weirder than it's supposed to, but you are the the third longest female relationship I've ever had. It's my mom, my wife, and Becky? <laughs> like, I'm literally, I just shuddered. <laughs> I'm, I'm really Oh, no, my God, then my daughter's older. Whew. Okay, yes. you're number four. Yeah, she's almost 16. That's awesome. Just stop. We're having a nice night. Listen, speaking of having a nice light night. There are so many emails in the inbox. And again, if you have emailed me and I haven't gotten to it yet, I promise I'm going as quickly and hopefully efficiently as possible. Email me, Lou, at WW Radio, and I promise I will get to an upcoming show. All right, Becky, we yes. have a, a mission. We also have not gone through these ahead of time. I really sort of dig this lightning round. I'm literally... And figuratively, virtually reaching into the inbox and grabbing you just random like to ones. You see me sweat. That's that's what's going on. You, you I've got to read. I have to not only read these, but then <laughs> figure out the answers <laughs> as well, which is, I think, both scary and interesting and fun. This is true. So, listener, this is be true. be understanding and sympathetic and patient. All right. So the first one is from Mark Thompson from Buford, Georgia, who says, "Lou, on recent podcasts." You referred to the lake in front of Disney Springs as Lake Buena Vista. This is what I have known that lake to be for years, since the 1970s. And ye old map from Epcot's Communicore, I dig every part of that sentence, also shows that it is Lake Buena Vista. Google Maps shows it's Lake Buena Vista-ish. However, Apple Maps shows that it's Village Lake and that the smaller lake northeast is Lake Buena Vista, and Google Maps, I hope you're following along, shows that the little, little lake is Blake Lake. What gives, man? Has my entire life been a lie? And who's Blake? Inquiring minds need to know. So, Mark, I cannot address whether your individual life has been a lie. You should really sit mom and dad down and find out. However, I can try and help you a little bit about... Yeah, just, just don't believe the, the Apple thing. <laughs> That's Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's Becky, B-E-C-I -E at M-E-I-Travel.com, hashtag Apple hater. Now, so the lake that you're talking about, uh, sort of right in front of or behind, however you look at it, Magic Kingdom, actually was known as Blake Lake before the property was acquired by Disney. So Apple, maybe it's not what I would rely on for my maps. They do sort of need to update 
their map a, a little bit. So so Lake Buena Vista is is the actual lake itself. Um, it's just sort of west of where I four and five thirty crosses. But it was called Blake Lake before it was acquired by Disney, and then obviously renamed for Buena Vista Street uh, in Burbank, California, where the corporate headquarters are located. Buena Vista, as you know, also means good view in Spanish. But if you look, there actually is another Blake Lake on, well, technically, on Walt Disney World property. Mm-hmm. And it's right near the boathouse, which is just a way for me to somehow weasel in boathouse and food into a conversation and question about a lake. If you look behind the uh, the Buena Vista Palace, which is now actually owned by Hilton, and the Wyndham Lake Buena Vista, home of Momentum 2019, by the way, there is a small body of water which actually also has the name Blake Lake, but it is not the same Blake Lake that is was near 530, was near Magic Kingdom. I'm looking at Google because Google is my friend and I see exactly what you're talking about. The lake that's off to the east, uh, right behind the Buena Vista Palace. And uh, you know what? Whatever you want to call it, I don't think I ever knew that there was any other name besides Lake Buena Vista, but isn't that a separate lake off to the side? So... The the lake in front of, off to the side of where? Uh, off to the side of Disney Springs. So the ones you're, you're talking about. So on Google Maps, it says Blake Lake over by the Hilton and Willow Lake over by the Saratoga Springs Resort. Do you see what I'm talking about? I do. And I, I okay. so now I see it and I'm, I just pulled up Google Maps. I'm not sure if that is a man-made body of water or... What? Yeah, me neither. Maybe I need to go stay. Maybe if I should only find a travel agent that oh, can wow. help me go stay <laughs> at the Saratoga Springs Resort, this way I can try and get a good look at Willow Lake and the on the Rocks pool bar. You know what? I, I think you may need some assistance. You see, so I see. I know exactly how to sort of perk up your ears. Sorry, let's remember. I'm going to try back around to food and drink. We uh-huh. have so many to get to. We're going to try and go relatively quickly. Nick Lucas says, Dear Lou, I'm planning on going to Walt Disney World with my family from November 15th through the 20th. We're going to be in the parks for five, count them, five days. But the first day, the 15th, is a half day. What park would you recommend going to a second time for a half day? Now, you can't pick Magic Kingdom because the 15th is a Christmas party at Magic Kingdom. I think there's only one answer to this question. Uh, I take that back. There's two, possibly three. Uh, I I think there's like four, actually. Uh, I'll give you I'm going to give you my answer first. I think if I have to spend a second time half day, especially if it's in the evening, I do not pass go. I go directly to the Black Spire outpost on Batu, and I spend an evening in Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, I I would tend to agree with that only because. A lot of people don't realize that the park is so different at night than it is in the daytime. Exactly. And my, I, the other thing was like, was like, wait, is food and wine still going on? Like what sort of food festival <laughs> so might be happening? That. Yeah. Uh, but I do it. And I think, and I think galaxy's edge is like you said, it's, it's very different from the day to the night. And it's just a wonderful place to wander 
Um, and then you can catch the the Star Wars fireworks. Sort of have a Star Wars half day, maybe catch the um, the Galactic Spectacular fireworks on the way out. Yeah, but I could also make a good argument for Epcot. I could I also really make a, could I could also make an go argument back. for going to Pandora. Yeah, I could also make an argument to <laughs> not go to a park and go to a water park, depending on how warm it is. I could also make a good just go to the boathouse and then just wander <laughs> around Disney Springs. And so, obviously, Nick, that was the least helpful answer we could get. I, I'm Pretty still going to go with my initial option and tell you to go to Batu. This is this is just going to be train wreck podcast, isn't it? Because oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Sponsored by Mouse Fan Travel. Awesome. Jim M. says, hey, Lou, love the show. Been listening since episode one. Thank you. And my week That's wouldn't be complete without listening to a WWE Radio episode. My question is regarding Epcot. How timely. With all the changes coming to the park, Epcot no longer really is an experimental prototype community of tomorrow. While it never was, it did attempt to show you what life could be like in our community in the future. So I can understand the Epcot name. But now the park is becoming less and less about what it's set out to be. Do you think a renaming of Epcot makes sense? Do you think it'll ever happen? How's Disney going to ever justify keeping the name going? If the name doesn't really represent the park the way it should, I look forward to your thoughts, Jim M., Jim, I think this is actually a great, very timely question based on what we heard and learned at D23 Expo in terms of what I want to qualify as what I believe as only a small part of the ongoing changes coming to Expot, Epcot Center, Journey to Imagination. I'm looking at you. Um, that being said, I, I do... I agree, certainly, that it is no longer, and I think it has not been for a long time, this this experimental prototype community of tomorrow. It's Epcot really in, in name alone. Now that we see that we are going to have really the, the removal of future word in, in nomenclature alone, and we're going to have this the, these new world areas, the world nature, etc. Uh, I think we we clearly are, are getting away from what that intent was going to be. And look, I think Epcot, like Tomorrowland, has always had the the very troubling issue of trying to be an anything of tomorrow. Because the 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 idea that, you know, it used to be that technology doubled every seven years. I believe that number is is much smaller than it is now. So by the time Disney has designed, approved, engineered, imagineered, and built an attraction of the quote-unquote future, chances are some of that technology in there might already be not so futuristic. So I think it's, it's a smart move to change a bit of the focus, which I think is going to come it's going to become, become much clearer over the next few months and, and dare I say year as we approach the anniversary. So I think, again, your question is timely, but I don't necessarily think a renaming of Epcot makes sense because I think you can still – this community of tomorrow does not necessarily have to be technology-based or technology-focused. I think the community of tomorrow – wait a minute. I'm going to change my answer. I think it's more <laughs> appropriate now than ever because the community caught. of tomorrow that we really should be worried about and caring about and thinking about is the community 
of us as a community of human beings on this planet as a whole. So I love the fact that this world showcase, this world showplace, this world community coming together, really sort of being this overlay of what the park is going to be is actually more appropriate than ever. So now I say Epcot fits even more than it ever has before. If I had a if I had a cheaper mic, I would drop it on the floor. You would drop it. I was just going to say that drop the mic and walk away because you're right. And and the experimental prototype piece may have fit way back when. I think people now just identify with the word Epcot as being the the location. And with this new neighborhoods um, vision that they have, I think that it's going to make a lot more sense when we see it all come together and. In all honesty, I don't believe we've actually heard everything they have planned yet. So when we hear more about what this is going to look like, uh, it might make a lot more sense. But I don't think there's a reason at all to change the name Epcot because it is so uh, identifiable in that realm. The uh, the neighborhood situation and the different pieces in the neighborhoods will hopefully, like you said, bring it together for the community of tomorrow or it could be the community of today for that matter it is so hard for anybody to keep up with the things for tomorrow like you said tomorrowland or uh or what epcot was trying to do and in looking into the future because it's moving so fast technology moves too fast for these types of attractions to keep up with um i think what they're doing with it is brilliant yeah and you know as you start to think about the 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 words that they use, even the words that 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 Disney and Bob Chapek use in terms of the park being more Disney than what has mm-hmm. been the sort of the, the current iteration, but it is going to focus on the exact same things that Walt wanted, right? In terms of ex- executing this idea of the power of hope and possibility and wonder and authenticity and yes, innovation. And I sort of imagine that that, that discovery area showcasing some of those innovative technologies not necessarily how they're going to apply to us the same way that communicore had tried to intend to do for so many years but i think it still emphasizes everything that was rooted in the legacy of epcot and maybe it'll be more epcot than it actually ever was before that's a pretty fair statement i think at every turn there's going to be an element of wonder and discovery. And I think that's kind of what it it was meant to be too, is that whole land of discovery of possibilities and of hope. So um, I can't wait to see what it ends up looking like in five years from now. And look, I think that in every job that must be done, you find an element of fun and you find that fun and snap. It's I, That's what that. you're really excited That's, about, isn't it? Listen, I, you, they had me at Mary Poppins. So they had me at a lot. They had me at a lot of different things, not just restaurants. And I, I was going to say, if they keep just putting up more kiosks for food and beverages around the place, you're going to be wanting to live there. And we've talked about this a little bit during D23 and on live shows, and we're going to continue to talk about it in, in, in future episodes, too. But that that central new as yet three structure unnamed yeah. pavilion with spectacular architectural lines with the plaza level 
is, is very, very appealing and, and very intriguing to me for lots of different reasons. And has a lot of possibilities. My, my little event planner brain was going into overdrive looking uh, at those I'm, venues. I'm with you. So, all right, let's move on to Lauren Karepka, who says, hey, Lou, I am a lifelong Walt Disney World enthusiast, big fan. You're a friend, not a fan of me and the podcast. My show, your show helps keep a smile on my face during some brutal Boston winters and even worse daily commutes. Growing up, I was fortunate to not only have annual visits to Walt Disney World, but to have an incredible Disney-obsessed mom who taught me everything that I know. Tragically, my mom lost her battle to cancer in 2014. I'm very sorry to hear. I have been to Walt Disney World a few times since her passing, and everyone is emotional and meaningful, but the biggest trip is still in my future. My family, my husband, two young sons, my dad, and my brother are going to be traveling to Walt Disney World in October 2019 for our first big family trip without her and we're actually planning to be there on both the fifth anniversary of her passing and what would have been her 57th oh god her 57th birthday she passed away just days before her 52nd so young we want to honor her with something very special while we're there and i know you're just the person to ask all of a sudden i feel this incredible weight of pressure we're really up for anything and our budget will be extra padded for the works calm down becky any suggestions on <laughs> restaurants events or something else would be so much very much appreciated thank you for all you do i'm raising my boys currently four and 18 months to be disney obsessed mom of the year just like i am and your show helps keep the magic alive when we can't be riding peter pan or having breakfast with mickey sincerely Lauren, Lauren, first, th I, I'm sorry, obviously, for the loss of your mother, and I appreciate you sharing um, such a personal story with me. And, and as I was reading and trying to think and, you know, hold back my own uh, emotions as well, that's exactly the, the word something personal kept on sort of coming up to me. And I think whatever you do, I am thinking less on a grand scale and more on a personal and a private scale, something that you and your family can and should do together. Because look, as somebody who has similar memories of going with my parents and going with my dad and then having lost my dad, you know, a few years ago, I think the same way. I think in sort of a macro, a, a, a micro level, sort of a macro level. So I thought about Again, something personal, something private. I thought something like a boat tour and whether, look, you said you've got some some budget to play around with. Yes, you could do a pontoon boat firework type of thing. But if you really want to do something special, maybe you rent out the Grand One from the Grand Floridian. If you want to maybe do something a little bit shorter, scale it back or you can scale it up because they can do that, too. I think the Venezia, uh, which I think is I think she's 36, 38 foot beautiful mahogany antique boat at yes i know it's at the boathouse but trust me <laughs> it's perfect for a slow quiet intimate thing you can do everything from champagne and strawberries to having uh food on board as well and it's something that is not um that i that i imagine being not a sad occasion, but it's a celebration of of her life. I think about, you know, as people pass, it's not about mourning them. It's about celebrating them. And that's what I would think you and I think you probably assume that your mom would want you to do is to celebrate the time and remember the time with her. And I think something like that, like a private tour, a private boat ride, something like that might be just the thing. Okay. You, you hit exactly where I was going, but I'm going to take it the other direction where you said maybe not a pontoon. <clears throat> I would 
this one really gets to me because I'm, I'm with you. I also lost my, my parents and each one of them, I have some special memories uh, pertaining to Disney, especially my father. And I would go, I, I like the idea of the fireworks cruise over at magic kingdom more so than doing something at Illuminations or, or just a, a standard boat tour. And I'll tell you why. On the lake in front of the Magic Kingdom, you do get a boat tour when you start out that um, that cruise. And like you said, you could do the Grand One as well, which is uh, a, a, a private yacht. Uh, or you can do a pontoon if you prefer. But you get the boat tour. Um, you can have snacks on board. It can be just intimate and private for your family. And you do have those quiet moments where you can sit and reflect together and talk. Um, but then at the end where you just said it would be a celebration of her life and her uh, and what she meant to your family and celebrate your connection with each other. And nothing does that better than fireworks. For me, um, I used that same thing to remember my father and it's kind of cool to have that fireworks at the end where you you can embrace with all the beauty that is going on around you. And then later on, when you see fireworks again, even though you're not together on a pontoon, that fond memory of your mother or father or spouse or whoever you've lost in, in life that you want to celebrate, those memories of the happy times together come rushing back when you see those fireworks. Um, I, I do agree with you that something more private, which is why that, that boat thing is coming to both you and I, because you're still enveloped in the love of Disney, but yet you are together just with your family. So you can laugh or cry or share memories in a private environment. So I would probably say, you know, take on that, that, the fireworks right out front of Magic Kingdom. If you've got the funds, do the grand one, have dinner brought on board so your family can all be together, watch the fireworks, do a boat tour, and celebrate her life. And then the next day, go to the boathouse. <laughs> Back to the food. <laughs> or you can have some champagne on the grand one. <clears throat> they have champagne at the boathouse too. Every time I go to the boathouse, I'm like, "This is what Dad would have wanted. This is where Dad would want us to be." Really? Is that is that what you think? Do you, do you think your father would have loved the boathouse? Oh, he... I think my my dad loved. Now you're really gonna. Now you're really gonna make my dad loved yeah. oysters and the boathouse. Really? Like, oh my god, that's where I I've. I literally remember driving down to Florida. Like we used to go to the Panhandle all the time and stopping at this. I think my dad had seven dozen oysters. They were like tw- oh. 10 cents, 25. My dad ate, and I'm not not kidding. Like, I remember vividly, like, Dad, can we please just get to Disney World already? He's like, no, no. And it was just a stack of, like, the oyster trays sitting next to him. However, I need to move on because, oh, my God. I, speaking of somebody I've known for a long time, Kelly Lindenbigler, I've known for eons. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm so frightened. She said, because it's a short question, and I... I picked Does it out like because the boathouse? no, I, I saw a word that sort of jumped out, which is not normally a word that I see in listener emails, okay. and it was marshmallow. <laughs> so it, it says, "Question for you: Oh, what was the marshmallow marsh at Fort Wilderness?" Hi, Becky. What? What was Hi, the marsh? Becky, you could you take this one. What was the marshmallow marsh? All right, so wow, I actually that's... remember what this one was. Sit back, 
relax. I'm going to I'm going right. to tell you a tale. I'll be over here. Of the Marshmallow Marsh. Now, this is going back to the 70s, maybe even the early 80s a little bit. And this was a nighttime activity that was exclusive to Disney Resort guests. So, it actually took place over at Disney Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. And you would go to one of the trading posts and sign up. And it was like, it literally was like 4 or $5 a person for adults to do this. And you would walk down this pathway. And there they had these probably 20-person canoes, like the Davy Crockett Explorer type canoes. And you would get in and you'd paddle over to this place called the Marshmallow Marsh. And you had a guide, you had a, a cast member guide who would be singing songs to you. And there was actually a Marshmallow Marsh song, which I'm not going to sing, but it's sung to the tune of <laughs> she'll be coming around the mountain. So she'll be like heading to the Marshmallow Marsh. And when you got there, there was a campfire with, wait for it, marshmallows that you could roast. And they had a sing-along, different than what sort of the, the Chippendale sing-along is now, but on a much smaller level. They there was a, a sing along of Disneyland so Disney World Disney songs and, it may, it, and now I'm also having this flashback memory of the campfire sing along songs VHS tape kids do you remember that because I watched it nineteen thousand times <laughs> when you were kids but so your host or hostess was there your cast member and there was a couple of them they would have a guitar and they'd be singing all these different songs in a sing along and then. You would sit back, relax, now with your belly full of marshmallow fluff, and you'd watch the electrical water pageant go by. It would actually sort of stop sort of by by where River Country was. Then you would sing, appropriate enough, the Mickey Mouse Club song, get back in your little canoes, and paddle back to the trading post. Is it bad that the first thing I thought of when you said that was like the Stafe Puffed Marshmallow Man? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I thought I was as you started to speak, I was waiting for the words to come out of your mouth was huh. something like, is it bad that the first thing I thought about was like nighttime canoeing and Friday the 13th? But that's where I figured your your dark and twisty <laughs> mind was going. That's not. No, it was the opposite of Friday the 13th. It that was could a, be it was a whole another Halloween stick for them later. So I need to know from you, the listener, do you wow. remember the Marshmallow Marsh and getting your little ticket and actually going to... I mean, you want to talk about four or $5, very, very well spent. And I remember, and you could actually... I, I, I Googled and it sort of it, it made me remember. The ticket had like these... Three little cowboy cowgirls, like non-Disney characters, sitting around this little campfire on like sawed-off logs, singing little songs. And he had like this giant hat, like, oh gosh, who was the guy from the Saturday morning commercials that had the giant hat? It was yellow. I don't know. I'm way, I'm way, way back in my deep-seated memories. You have gone down the rabbit hole on this one. Way, way back. But if anybody other than me on this planet remembers, I swear I'm not dreaming. Um, nor do I drink or anything. So it's, I'm, I'm swear the Marshmallow Marsh 
was really a thing at Fort Wilderness, let me know. Share a picture. Share something. Just please it validate. It sounds like it was a lot of fun, though, for, for families. It sounds like it'd be a really fun thing to do. Listen, one of the things that I love about Disney, and still to this day, and look, as, as technologically advanced as some of the attractions are, and, and they're so immersive, and you feel like you're flying, and you're going to ride a Tron light cycle, and you can blast off on the Falcon, the thing that I continue to love about Disney, and it is the biggest attractor, are the simple things. Like, the, mm-hmm. I miss the very much so that they have... Look, you've seen me when we go to Disneyland. When we go to Magic Kingdom and I walk by Haunted Mansion, what's the first thing I say? Oh, my God, it's the canoes. Let's go do the canoes again. And you're like, yes. Lou, I want to go have a drink. I'm going to the club. But I'm like, <laughs> it's the canoes. I dig those kind of simple things. Now, my, you know, sort the of canoe. are fun. Right. Now you see I get the same way when we go to Fort yeah. Wilderness and I rent a golf cart. And now I'm sort of driving around Fort Wilderness in a golf cart. But it really is a simple that's stuff really like that. That's really fun. The, doing those little things together. Like, I don't think I've had more fun than the night we all rented golf court carts at Fort Wilderness and ran around to look at decorations. Yeah. That was so much fun. It's like you said, sometimes the simple things that where Disney has the reason to bring everybody together. But they offer uh, even the movie nights on the beach in front of the beach club. Every time I walk past there, there's the every chair is filled with people just sitting there watching the movies that they could easily watch somewhere else. But it's such a neat, refreshing way to spend time with your family. And I still think if you've never done the 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 Chippendale Campfire sing along, go to Fort Wilderness, especially if you go during the Halloween or Christmas time season, you can and should spend a night. There, you don't have to stay there to visit the fort. You park there, you take a boat, a bus. A, well, you can't take a monorail. A boat, a bus, an Uber. <laughs> I don't care. However, you get there, an Uber. <laughs> you go over. You have dinner right at at Trails End. Maybe Becky, you can have a cocktail at Crockett's Tavern. You walk yep. around. You see, and then you sort of mosey because you're at the fort. You mosey on over <laughs> to the campfire. You make schmoes. There's singing. There's movies. There's a sing along. It's so much fun. Put your phones away, stop with the selfies, and go hug your kids or a marshmallow. True that. There you go. All right. I've spent <laughs> way too much time on the mar- <laughs> The you're question excited, that had- I'm really excited about that. It had five tell. words in the question, and I took a half hour answering. Sorry. I, gotta, I get excited when I get to sort of go down memory lane. All right. Ben Burke from Charlotte, North Carolina says, Lou, and I swear it says in parentheses, and Becky question mark. So, Lou- Becky? Look what you've started. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. I don't know if you remember me, but I met you at Blaze Pizza in Disney Springs. I, I, Ben Burke, I know exactly who you are. I don't know where your question's going, but I know you. Disappointed you met the meet of the month, uh, but you went to Blaze for lunch on Saturday. You caught me out of the corner of your eye. Hello. And then introduced myself. (laughs) Once we all got food, it was great. We hung out with you and your your then two-year-old son. Uh, it says it's, I stood on my toes. That's not true. I stood on an apple crate. Um, <laughs> it says, um, Becky, we haven't met yet. Hope too soon, question mark. But you seem lovely. Multiple question Aww. marks. There's see, lots of question marks see there. through those lines that you try to put up. There's <laughs> lots of question marks and some emojis I can't repeat. Anyway, uh-huh. here's my question. <laughs> I've read and researched just about all you all you can on a Disney cruise. And I think my family and I are finally going to make the voyage. Oh, Read like Tim Curry, late summer 2020. Uh, He means voyage, not in the Tim Curry as Pennywise the Clown. Anyway, not just for a first-time cruiser, but first time. They all float. 
<laughs> not just for a first-time <laughs> Sorry, Disney cruiser, but for a first-time cruiser. Uh-huh. Beep, beep, Richie. What are some things that are must-dos? How many days should we go? Are there better itineraries than others? Uh, It'll be my wife and I, a five-year-old girl, a three-year-old boy, and a 10-month-old girl. Ben, you've been busy. And you're more than welcome <laughs> to join us. Yay! Best of both of you, Ben Burke. All right, so this is a question that clearly could be an entire, an entire show. show and we've, all to itself. And you should, Ben, go back and listen to some of our recaps and reviews of the dream and the fantasy and I think the magic and the one. I think we've reviewed all shows as well as different itineraries. But let's just sort of very quickly. So it sounds like he's a first-time cruiser, and he's asking about, are there better itineraries and how many days should we do? Uh, Becky, I'm a big believer in sort of dipping your toe in what I think is, is for a lot of people, very addicting and addictive waters. So to make sure that a Disney cruise is for you, I, I think three is actually too short because yes. you spend half a day one getting on, you spend half a day three getting off. And I think a, a four... I think a five-day cruise is ideal. The double dip in Castaway Key doesn't happen often, but that's my favorite itinerary. But I think you have to be able to see, one, what does your budget, what works for your budget, what works for you time-wise. Um, I, I think you're going to find that your five, three, and 10-month-old are going to be, not only have a great time with you, but have a great time in their respective areas from the Small World Nursery to the Ocean Years Club and Ocean Year, well, they'll both be Ocean Years Club, not Ocean Years Lab yet. And you, yes, if I, I will tell you that the first people to ever watch my kids, other than me and my wife, were the people on Disney Cruise Line. Sorry, Mom and Dad, but it's true. You will find that it, it is, an, is a remarkable experience, and you will, you will certainly, I, I think, you will very quickly get hooked. But, Becky, I think a... You know, a Caribbean out of Port Canaveral, so you can maybe spend a couple of days in the world to to world as well for five days, just to sort of make sure and see if cruising is right for you and your family. You know what? I honestly would say, if you have uh, most people are very afraid of like the motion and being motion sick, so that's why they'll, they'll tend to go. I don't know if I'm gonna like this cruise thing, so I think I'll do a three or four day to to check it out. If you don't have that issue i would go right to the five six or seven day because that's the only the the seven day especially is what's going to give you the opportunity to get to know the ships because we're talking about the fantasy and the dream which are the largest ships that that they have currently right and there's so much to see and do on the ship and the itineraries that are going on there then you wrap in the ports which of course have their own appeal and for some people they tend not to go on the ports and they stay on the ship to explore the ship more to enjoy it with their, when there's less people on board. So if you don't, if you aren't um, uh, apprehensive about cruising at all, I would shoot for a seven day right off the, the bat. The other thing too, like you said, they have such great child care facilities and they have such great facilities to keep the kids uh, uh, occupied and going that you can have some adult time too, some romantic time together and have a nice meal, have a, you know, go up to Paula or go up to Remy or so many things just to do on board with all the character meet and greets. You could fill up your entire day just running around and meeting the characters on board or playing the family games or, you know, the, the huge amount of things that are on the navigator. I, I think that a three day is nice after you've cruised to kind of bridge the gap. If you're going to go maybe, to Walt Disney World for five days and do a three or four day cruise. That's great. 
But if you're going to cruise, hop all in. If you're ready to to take it on and you have no op- apprehension about cruising, do a seven day. There you go. Top three things to do are eat our breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes, right. exactly. <laughs> but and that's of course I'm going to do the shameless plug where a good uh, vacation planner can talk to you about the options and what your family would really enjoy about cruising. So talk to somebody, a pro that knows what they're doing, like Mouse Fan Travel. And isn't that we why he, can isn't that why he emailed us? Match you to the right <laughs> itinerary. What? Did you just ruin my plug? <laughs> Wow. I think I enhanced your plug. Oh, <laughs> All right. We have to move on because Ashley Grissom says, says we, 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 we'll get to the, oh, we'll get to the wish. Don't you worry. Okay. Much like the word marshmallow jumped out, the word aloha jumped out. Oh, we got to go back. Oh, oh, oh. I can't read this question. Why? Because it says aloha, Lou, but this may be more of a Becky question. Oh, then of course you have to read it because, you know. Uh, actually, no, I just read ahead. It's not. Okay. I'm a- <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm a huge tiki Glass nerd. Of wine, please. Tiki. A huge tiki nerd. I think she means tiki culture, not tiki barber. We miss you from the Giants. And not, not actually, we don't. Not really. And tiki I'm planning bar. Saquon is the man. And I'm pr- planning on traveling to Walter's World from Southern California on Labor Day weekend. I've been to 24 different tiki bars around the world. That's such a thing. And I'm, they are a thing. There's Amazing. a really cool one up in San Francisco, by the way, but I digress. I'm adding Trader Sam's in Walt Disney World as number 25. And as I've gone about my tiki travels, I've collected tiki mugs from every single bar along the way to commemorate my travels. Do you know if the Nautilus tiki mug boat is still available? Yeah. Also, Becky, what is your drink of choice at Trader Sam's? And can you tell me more about the cult, the history of the culture of, wait, history of the tiki <laughs> culture at the Disney parks? Mahalo, Ashley Grissom. So there's a lot. There's a couple of things here. While Becky starts to Google the menu at, at Trader <laughs> so Sam's. Because I know, because listen, I know the drink Becky gets and I would appreciate it if you would not say the name on, but... What drink would you recommend from Trader Sam's while we're getting to that? Because I actually have one that I would recommend too, even though I'm not a huge drinker. I'm going to give you an alcoholic and a non-alcoholic one. In terms of more about the history of tiki culture at the Disney parks, there's not one, but two episodes I want to point you to. Show number 111 is a Wayback Machine to the origins of Disney's Polynesian village resort and hotel and whatever. We really go way, way in depth in terms of its origins and really the influence of Tiki culture on the choice of the Polynesian as an opening day ish resort, the influence of design location, nomenclature, colors, culture, food, everything that sort of goes into it. And speaking of way back, I'm going to send you way, way back to show number 10, where I give you a history of Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. There's also a a discussion about the Epcot that never was, where we go really more in depth in terms of the history. And I have a guest who joins me that is very, very familiar with said tiki culture 
So I think you will dig show number 10 and show number 111. Becky Mankin, I have given you more than enough time to Google. <laughs> There's so many great or ask Jeeves. So the, the and- so first of all, the drink that she wants is the Nautilus, right? She wants that that still comes in the souvenir Nautilus. I don't nice. even think she cares what's actually in the drink. She just wants the drink. It's <laughs> you do. Becky, I've seen you sit outside and go, you you gonna finish that? You need somebody you need to help with that Nautilus? You bring your own bamboo straw, which is very, very awkward, although environmentally conscious. So exactly. I applaud you. What specialty cocktail would you recommend from wow. Trader Sands for poor Ashley who just wants to learn about tiki culture? Well, first, what I want to say is I have so many of my friends who every time they see that I'm on property, it's like, do they have that tiki mug still there? Because they keep coming up with these fabulous tiki mugs. I had to get a bunch in Disneyland to ship them to friends in Disney World because it is a culture. It's a thing. I have friends that collect those as much as you collect your Funko Pops. So it, it is a thing. And for me, I like I like a couple. And I never say the word right. It's the the Oa, which is the oh. one that served the Oa. <laughs> oh my God, you're hurting my face. I know, I can't help it. Do it's you wait a minute? Wait, big, do you stop? Stop! You're not getting past it that easily. What? Did you just call it the Oo-Oo-Wee? What'd you call Oo-Oo. it? <laughs> Have you ever actually been to Trader Sam's? Yes. Have you not <laughs> heard me. the chanting the of Oa? 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 Like, Oa. Oh, oh. <laughs> stop. Stop the words that are coming out of your mouth. I have usually had one of those after I've had like four of the one that I really, really like. And I have to <sighs> say it and it's hard. The Tiki 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 Rum. That's <laughs> what it's called. The Tiki 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 Rum. But, which but has rum and cream to coconut and pineapple but, and uh, oh, cinnamon and nutmeg. What? It's the Tiki what? Goddess of it. Wait. I'm st- I'm not letting it go. I can't. When you mess with Polynesia, the tiki gods will squeeze you. Have you ever even been to Disney World ever? Wow. Oh, is the tiki goddess of disaster. And for for some time, she was at the enchanted tiki room when it was temporarily temporarily under its new management. Well, that's awesome. However, I just care about what's in the bowl. <laughs> but when you order the uh, Oa now, something special happens. I, I don't want to ruin it for her. But when Uh-oh. Ashley goes, she should That's order the called. Oa Uh-oh. just for the the theatrics that happen when you do. I know. That's what I was saying. It's one of my favorites because the things that happen when you order it and you have to go with a friend. Either that or be really, really thirsty because that it's the bowl is quite a lot <laughs> which is why i can't pronounce it no you uh never mind <laughs> oh i'm gonna just call it the uh-oh from no now on. you can't do that you need to call it the uh-oh it literally there's four letters in the name uh i don't know why i can't say it exclamation point myers dark rum bacardi rum orange passion fruit guava pineapple and grapefruit juice but more importantly, Cinnamon. why haven't you taken me to Trader Sam's? Cinnamon. The next time you come, we'll go to Trader Sam's. Did you just say cinnamon wrong, incorrectly? I said, I, said it on, I said it incorrectly said on purpose. Cin- cinnamon. Wow. <laughs> look, you can't say <laughs> a you Oa. Drinking over there? So, all right. So my recommendation. So look, obviously you need to get the Nautilus. We're spending way too much time on this question, And the by tiki, the way. tiki, 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 tiki rum. rum. 
You're supposed to sing it, by the way. Just so you know, if you sing it when you order it, it it's actually better. So I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you an alcoholic and a non-alcoholic one. What's what's the what's uh, what's okay. what's non-alcoholic? The point, yes, I was gonna say what is the point? But, yeah, okay. Some drinks actually do not have alcohol in it. At yes, the point, I know. Oh, never mind. We need to have a conversation, also known as an intervention. So, <laughs> um, I I'm going to direct you to one uh, there's actually two that i like so there's a polynesian pearl which i like because it has and it, it it's you have to sort of drink rum chata it. it's got you rum like chata. the rum chata right so one. it's creamy yep. it's cinnamony because there's also a grand marnier and you get this cool takeaway souvenir pearl and if you're really lucky you'll get a black pearl it's like a chaser however <laughs> i used to really like it's called a tahitian torch and the reason why I liked it was it has this Baijo dragon, dragon fire spirit with juices and passion fruit, but there's a little bit of heat in your drink. And I don't mean temperature heat. I mean, there's a spiciness to it. So think, and yes, I'm, I'm a, a um, I, I dig me some fireball or I used to dig me, some, I used to dig me some fireball, um, but there's a little bit of a, it's a different, it's not a cinnamony heat. It's almost like a peppery heat. That's a Tahitian word as, and there's, if you want, there's a cool souvenir mug that comes with as well. However, there are also what they call Sam's No Booze Brews, and I'm always between the Skipper Sipper, which is tropical juices, organic agave nectar, falernum, which I don't know what that is, mint and lime juice, but I do prefer the Schweitzer Falls, which is tropical juices, with Sam's Gorilla Grog topped with some Sprite. It's lovely and refreshing. There you go. What's what's wrong with the Polynesian punch? Oa, 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 oa. When you mess uh-oh. with Polynesia, no, from now on, it's the, called the uh oh. No, no. Polynesian punch has gorilla grog. Listen, Good. you need to go and you need to order correctly One of everything? and uh, oa, and then watch what happens when you do. There's a oh, performance. There's songs. There's effects. There's it's yeah. Okay, so you just said when I come back we're going to go, right? Correct. You realize I'm I'm on a plane in not too very long, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. One of the times you come back. <laughs> All right, we have to move on. Oi. So you already have stood to... me up for dinner once. Do you want to I've never stood one? you up intentionally for dinner. <laughs> Blog post coming. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, oh my gosh, this is such a long, it'll take me 45, wow, it'll take me 45 minutes just to read this one. I'm going to save this one for a, uh, wait, I'll save this one for a, okay. Um, all right. Hey Lou, after discovering, I don't even know what this question's about, so I'm so frightened. This is, this is what happens in lightning round. (laughs) After discovering what a Disney fan I am, you're, after discovering what a Disney fan I am, your longtime listener and plain named Florida brother John Smith alerted me to your show. Oh, okay. I'm a two-month super fan. You're a super friend from Chicago. It's been an absolute joy catching up on your years of content. Now that my butt kissing is out of the way, wow. it's time to get serious. We have 15 Count them, 15 family and friend members coming to visit Walt Disney World this December 3rd through the 8th to help celebrate my 35th birthday. From day one, the plan has always been to wake up at the crack of dawn on December 4th 
and arrive at Disney's Hollywood Studios super early to enjoy the now soon-to-be three-month-old Galaxy's Edge land, fully knowing Smuggler's Run would be open. But then Disney throws us a curveball and surprisingly sets the rise of the Resistance opening day to a day later than the random date we had just picked while planning. So my big question to you, sir, is this. Do you think ROTR, Becky, that's short for Rise of Resistance, day one crowds will be insane given that the land will already have been open for three-ish months? We can't stick to our original plan on December 4th and miss it, right? If we're going to be there and hopefully be one of the first to experience Rise, we should take advantage of this crazy opportunity no matter the wait, correct? Right? Right, right, he says. I'm reading it as it's written. What's going on? Thank you so much for any insight you may be able to bestow upon us, nervous travelers. Keep up the amazing work and hoping beyond hope to possibly have a meetup, land, law, we're on property. All the best. William Panic, P-A-N-E-K. P.S. We're longtime Walt Disney World attendees, but at 35, this will be the first ever Mickey's very merry visit. We are so stoked. I'm reading it just as it's written. Emphasis (laughs) added. All right. The point of that wonderful email is, look, man, you're coming down at the right time. Rise of the Resistance is going to open on December 5th, 2019. As a quick backstory, and I talked about this a number of times as as I visited Galaxy's Edge inland for the, the preview, and then again in World, I saw something happen, both Becky and you, William, that I, in all the years of visiting and covering Walt Disney World, I've never seen happen before, which is you'd go to an opening, a media preview, an event to for the launch of an attraction, in this case, a land that has been probably the most anticipated expansion in land, in Dis- literally in Disney history. While there, I, I encountered so many cast members and Imagineers who were so excited and so proud of the land and Smuggler's Run and Take a Look Around, were so excited for what's happening. And then so many of them qualified it by saying, but you just wait until you see Rise of the Resistance. Right. I've never heard them say, we're, we're so happy with this, enjoy it, but just wait till you see what's coming next. When Walt Disney World opened their Galaxy's Edge, literally, like weeks, not even weeks, plural, ago, I was fortunate enough to be invited to a, a preview uh, the day before it opened and got a chance to, it's not a chance, it's an opportunity, a gift. I literally received a gift by being able to go into what was, I found out, a very, very small section of what is a very, very long and expansive Rise of the Resistance attraction. Okay, before you say one more word, I want to ask you a question. If you can embody what you saw in one word, one or two words max, what would it be? It's easy. It's breathtaking. It's breathtaking. And I do not use that word lightly, right? I am am using that word for the emphasis it deserves. And when I say breathtaking, I mean it in a literal and figurative sense. So we know already, spoiler alert, if you don't want to know anything, that this is going to be a multi-part, multi-stage attraction where you, as the 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 participant, I, I can't even say the rider, will go through different stages. And at one point, you will get to and board 
the bridge of a Star Destroyer before leaving in an escape pod. And I don't want to spoil what your vehicle is going to do. All right, I'm going to spoil it. I don't care. You probably don't. Your vehicle that you literally, you leave one vehicle to get into another vehicle. That vehicle launches from the Star Destroyer. It then docks, physically docks with another vehicle for a different type of ride experience. And then it's not over yet. There is a drop type sequence as your vehicle drops to crash land on a planet. When we walked into this one singular room, which which is really sort of in the middle of the attraction, I'm, I'm, I cannot articulate. The doors opened with the whoosh, like from the movies, and it got silent. And there was maybe 10 of us. It was you you could have heard a pin drop other than sort of the the audible hum of the sound of being on the bridge of the Star Destroyer because you walk into what I can only describe as this insanely cavernous space. You are on the bridge of a Star Destroyer. The size and the scope and the scale of this room is unlike Anything I've seen before. Becky, we have been inside Pirates of the Caribbean in Shanghai and know what that reveal room looks like. This dwarfs it. When you look to the side. It's so hard to believe. Believe it, I know what that room is. That is so hard to believe. There is a full-size TIE fighter sitting on the wall. There is a garrison of, I won't give you the number, numerous stormtroopers in front of you that you are just waiting to start moving. There's this wall, this, I can't call it a screen. There's this portal to space behind them that makes you think if you walked up to it and could walk through it, you'd be out. I I just, I'm not, this is not like hyperbole. We just looked at each other and this was one section of one part one room of the attraction i get it imagineering cast members dude i get while you're saying you just wait till rise of the resistance opens that does not answer your question now i will <laughs> if do i think the lines so what i do expect is this and I, and i know nothing this is pure speculation Obviously, Galaxy's Edge and Disneyland opened first. There was a lot of fanfare and bravado and celebrities when it opened. The opening of Disney World was a little bit more subdued because it is, for all intents and purposes, a carbon copy of the land in California. What I do expect, however, and I'm purely guessing, is that Walt Disney World, because our version opens in December and Disneyland's opens in January, I do expect a similar type of opening and fanfare when it does happen on December 5th here. So if you are planning on going on December 5th, I expect the lines to be, I'm trying to be delicate here. If you're not in line already, you're already too late. (laughs) No, I mean, look, opening day crowds for anything are going to be very, very crowded. This is the opening day for what, I have a feeling is going to redefine what an e-ticket attraction is going to be. Do I think you're coming at the perfect time of the year? You better believe it, brother. And I will tell you, 
I am not normally a person that sees a very long wait for a ride. Look, I live here. I know my experiences are are very, very different and, and I'm spoiled, but I have a feeling I would wait online just to walk in this room. Like I would wait on a long line just to walk in this room. And we know you don't wait for much. So that says a lot. Pot, a fact, kettle black. Um, the, hey. <laughs> I don't wait for anything or anybody. The anyway. I asked you that question was because I've, I, I know several of the people who were there with you or, or went to, to see that preview. And when I asked them the same question, they couldn't even find a word. Yeah. And I'm obviously was not there. Um, but from what I've heard from everybody, it just seems like it's it's the new bar. If all goes as expected and from what you saw and the immersion, and I, I don't like using that word very much, but it really seems like this is the true definition um, that, uh, in comparison to anything else we've seen before. If it really is to the scale and level that that one room showed, uh, and I'm sure that there's plenty of other tricks up their sleeve that you haven't seen. This will set the new bar for what attractions should be in terms of detail and story. So I, like Pavlov's dog, am so conditioned. I heard you say this is the new bar, and I almost stopped you. Go, no, Becky, there's no new bar <sighs> here. Like, and it was it was not intentional. I wasn't trying to be funny. I'm like, wow. does she really think they're building another bar here? But you're right. The the. <laughs> The bar is going to be set, and I don't think the bar is just going to be set in terms of Galaxy's Edge, Hollywood Studios, Walt Disney World, Disneyland. I think this is going to set the bar for theme park attractions worldwide. And again, I I am basing that on one small, out-of-context part of one experience and seeing the ride vehicle and seeing a few other things that I don't want to spoil Inside that room. Yeah. And man, I don't know where they're hiding the show building. I have no idea <laughs> when you see this room. And again, the people I was with having been covering Disney for so many years, I saw the reaction on their faces and they were wide eyed and mouth agape and silent. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what everybody has said that has seen this. And again, you and I were lucky enough to be able to see what Pirates was like in Shanghai. And that's the bar that I currently know. So for you to say that this is up above and beyond that feeling that we had when you first go underwater in, in that attraction, that only causes a ton of excitement for what's coming around the, the corner. And yeah, it's going to be a crazy day on opening day because a lot of people are anticipating this. Um, I can tell you a quick look while you were um, talking about what to expect. I just pulled up availability over the five days surrounding that opening day. And there is one resort that has availability right now. So if there's going to be any kind of uh, crowd, I'm sure that's going to be the week where you're going to see it. So pack your patients, be, be ready to get up at three o'clock in the morning to be there at three 30 for the line to begin. And it's going to be, an and there's something time. fun to that. Look, there, there is something fun about getting up early and yeah. getting in line and, and the excitement of, you know, whether you're going to 
a theme park, a con, or or whatever it is. I mean, yeah. that's sort of part of it, the whole experience. Yeah, because you're also meeting a whole bunch of people in line that are having that same exuberation as you are about what you're going to experience. And I saw this both uh, on both times on both coasts when waiting and watching the opening of Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland and seeing everybody come together and have this experience together. It's almost like an event in itself. Um, I wasn't able to go to the first day at World. We were dealing with a little little hurricane called Dorian, but it was neat to see the posts of the people and the friends uh, on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram about how they met people in line and how they're banding together and how they're having this great time waiting for this experience that they can't wait to experience together. So yeah, it's got its own little um, celebration wrapped around it to be able to, it's like how we feel on marathon days, right? And, and (laughs) I will, I will give you this William and family and you, my friend, the listener, whether you have visited the black spire outpost before or you, like William, are planning your first trip, I want to offer you, dare I say challenge you, to find something that's hidden there. What? Throughout the Walt Disney World Resort, you may or may not heard of these little things called hidden Mickeys. Hmm. In Black Spire Outpost, I challenge you to find the hidden Millennium Falcon. There, and I don't mean the big one that you ride. There is a hidden Millennium Falcon in Black Spire Outpost. Is that true on both coasts or is it just world? Yes. Both coasts. Huh. Yep. Interesting. Now, I will only give you this one hint because it's very hard to find. Think about where it might be appropriate to hide a Millennium Falcon. And start there. And if you wait, don't do the good. Stop Googling all of you. I know you're Googling and stop doing it. If you find it without cheating, I'm watching you always watching. Maybe I, hmm, how can I make sure that you find it and send me a wait, send me a selfie of you pointing to the that's it. I'm thinking about this on the fly. You, the first person to <laughs> send me a selfie on, guys. of, wait, I don't even know where I'm going with this yet. Shh, I'm thinking. <laughs> Welcome the to first my world. Person, you want to see what happens behind the scenes and how the sausage is made. It's right here. The first person to send me a selfie of you pointing to the hidden, I don't mean the big one, the hidden Millennium Falcon in Walt Disney World's Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire Outpost on the planet of Batu. I will send you... I'm looking around my office. I will send you a... Maybe, wait a minute. Maybe I'll send you something from Black Spire Outpost. <gasps> Maybe I'll send you something that you can't buy <laughs> from Black Spire Outpost. So there you go. Ooh. Send it to me. Post it. Whatever. The first one that I get, and you can either email me, lewatwradio.com, share it on social, and tag me. The first one that I receive, that I see, will win something. When you find it, it's cool, man. That's all I got to say. And then you'll have that and be like, hey, man, you know where the hidden Millennium Falcon is? Let me show you. Hello. And then it's awesome. (laughs) You're like, what? (laughs) Don't ask 
a the little things excite you, man. That's awesome. Don't ask a resident of Batu. I want you to find it. Find it on your own. Use the force. Use the Schwartz. <laughs> Spaceballs, the lunchbox. All right. <laughs> wow. Sorry. I need to. All right. I need to sort of. I, I should I end it there? Why are you drinking tonight? Because I'm not even drinking. I'm. I'm not a drinker. I'm drinking water. I see this. Listen to anybody who maybe doubts that I don't really dig what I do. Welcome to the show. Um, <laughs> all right. One last question, just because I need to try and put myself back on some sort of rails. Um, nameless person. Hey, Lou, or whoever could be reading this. It's me. It's always me. It's only me. My fiance and I are thinking about planning to make the move. Oh, dig down to. I saw the word move. It's why I pulled this one out. Now I'm happy. I'm, it is what it is. Down to Disney from New Hampshire. We have a little ways to go. One of our dogs has medical issues and can't tolerate the heat. Listen, I don't have medical issues and I still can't tolerate the heat, but who cares? You're in Disney World. So we're waiting a year or two. I just spent the morning listening to the Moving Down to Disney podcast, which, by the way, quick aside, if you have not heard before, it's not one. Two parts. Show number 533 and 534, Moving to Walt Disney World. Listen at your own risk because you're going to listen and you're going to move here. Everybody's doing it. We have so much fun. Come down. Anyway... Um, we do have a little bit of family down here. Actually, you have a lot of family down here because I'm here too and we're family. Yay. But no friends. Did you not hear what I just said? You do have friends. Me, everybody else. I'm a very shy person. How do you suggest getting the ball rolling on some new friendships before making the move? Do I have an answer for you? It's, oh, this is so perfect. I'm so happy I read this question. The best way to do it you do have friends. You just don't know it yet. Come and be part of the WW Radio community and family on Facebook. If you go to www.radio.com slash community, that will take you to our Box People group on Facebook. And it's called the Box People because I used to walk around live broadcasting with my laptop and say, look, all these people are watching in the box. That's how it's the box. It doesn't make any sense, but it does to me. So join the Box People group on Facebook. Come by. Introduce yourself, share your story, and I guarantee you will start to make fast friends. If you happen to come down for a visit, I invite you, I implore you to come to a meet of the month in Walt Disney World. I'll be there. You'll be there. Other like-minded friends will be there too, I promise you. The reason why I started my discussion forum in 2004 and the why the community is the most important part of, of what I do is because it's this idea of being around fun, friendly, nice, like-minded people that simply love just talking about the stuff that makes us happy about going to Disney and moving down here too. So join the Box People group. Make sure you like the page on Facebook at facebook.com slash Radio. Turn on notifications. Find out when the next meet of the month is. Oh, by the way, I'm still trying to figure out September's. It's a crazy time of year for me. There's lots of travel coming up. I'm going to Indianapolis for the Indie Disney meet next week. Becky's going to be there. Woohoo! Right. Um, the weekend <laughs> after, I've got momentum. So I might actually have to do... Like a midweek, maybe even a midday 
Meat of the Month in Walt Disney World. I've never done it before, but I have an idea. I'm thinking food and wine, maybe on a Wednesday. Yeah, I don't know. Stay tuned either to the end of the show or toward to the group <laughs> and find out more. I'm sure you do have suggestions, but that's what I'm thinking. It's a nice little, maybe a little afternoon, a little nosh at food and wine, uh, maybe on a Wednesday during the day. We'll see. But anyway... Um, that listen, whether you are a first time listener, first time caller, second time emailer, or even listening, you are a friend. You are part more importantly, I've said since the beginning, like I hate, I don't hate any, many things, but I really, really dislike the word fan. I've always said, you're Thanks. not a fan. You're a friend. And you know what, Becky, I've been saying that wrong all, all along. Uh-huh. It's not that you're not a, not a fan. You're a friend. You're not a fan. You're family. And I want you to know that I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And whether we have met yet or not, I promise you that's how you will feel. That's how you'll be treated when you come and be part of the community. Speaking of family and Ohana, Becky, you're kind of like family too. After 10 years, I'm starting to sort of actually warm up to the idea. <clears throat> it's it's 13. Whatever. <laughs> Don't ruin it. We're having a moment. But... Thank you for. Did you have today? <laughs> how many what? <laughs> what did you say? How many Xanax did I have today? No, I said how many Red Bulls did None. you have today? This is listen. Just I'm just feeling it tonight. I'm just awesome. feeling the love. I'm feeling the joy. I'm feeling the friendship. See what happens when I'm around. Uh, again, <laughs> shh, say less. Listen more. You have two eyes, two ears, one mouth. Use those in the same proportions. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate you so very much, not just what you do for me, but what you do for our family in trying and helping them have the best vacation experiences wherever they go. We have lots of adventures coming up. We're going to be in Indianapolis together. We're going to be in Japan together. God help us yep. and save us. Oh, they Japan better call the ocean and order more tuna because I'm coming for you. And then after Japan... We're in London. Oh my God! How am I? Yes. She's Louise. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be so fat by the time I get to London. It's not gonna be funny. <laughs> and I've already listened. I'm already getting suggestions of all the types of things that I need to eat when I get there. So many, many more adventures. And if you want to plan your adventure, contact Becky and her amazing family of agents at MouseFanTravel.com. I can't stop laughing right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, please do. <laughs> Come along with us on one of our adventures. The the cruises that we have planned, those other things we haven't talked about, the other oh, things we haven't announced haven't seen, yet. You haven't seen my whiteboard. You don't even know I mean, what's going you on haven't here. Even, I'm sure we, we need to spend several hours together on the phone to catch up. But the things I do know about... And the things that we haven't said to anybody and the things that we are planning that we have said to people, but we haven't given them a date. There's so much exciting things that are on the calendar over, dare I say, into 2022. <sighs> I'm breathing. That it's adventures are always better with friends and or family. And we would love to have anybody who wants to come along and be part of this crazy <laughs> that we call the WDW radio family. It, it's so much fun to get to know everybody and to be together. But if you can't make it on one of those dates, 
we can certainly help you with any other adventure you'd like to go on, whether it be Disneyland, Disney World, El Lani, Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise, or anywhere else on the planet, because we also do other major cruise lines and other destinations for those of you who also see other parts of the world. But my family, my Ohana, is amazing. The girls and the guys of Mouse Fan Travel and MEI Travel take such great care of each and every client. And I am so proud to uh, to be part of the family that does nothing but plan our vacations or your vacations as if they're our own at no additional cost to you. That's great. I have one last question. Lightning round question. Or yeah. I'll oh, put, wait, here, wait, let me put it in terms that you'll understand. It's last call, Becky. One question. <laughs> D23, all about Epcot. Anniversary coming up. So much going on. What is your favorite place to grab, in your case, a drink, alcoholic or uh-huh. alcoholic, in Epcot Center? Go. <laughs> you can't say the club. You need to say... Well, Right. Yeah, yeah, the place that anybody can go to is what you're asking for, you right? You know what? France. Why? Where? The what? Slushy. You know that grand? that's outside and you have to actually walk up and, ha- and yes. like grab it yourself, right? Because I have to go past that on the way to... And you know what else I like? Because <laughs> you were going to say you have to walk past it on the way to the club. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> but, but in Japan, especially at Teppanito... The, the Tokyo Sunset is one of my favorite drinks anywhere. What, Grammy Slushy? Do you, do you not like the Tokyo Sunset? <laughs> do you have a problem with Tokyo? I, listen, <laughs> I have I have so many reasons why I love Japan, and not, don't even get me started on the cold ramen noodles during the food oh, and wine festival wait. and this uh, Dios mio. Just wait. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Japan, like, I am like Rodan and Godzilla all wrapped up and, and Mothra all wrapped up and I'm coming for you, Tokyo. Get ready. Oh, Lou's going to break Japan. <laughs> this is going to be fun. And uh, the food and the beverages and the food and the history and the food and we can race Go-karts, Mario racing go-karts down the streets of Tokyo, FYI. Let's listen to the land we all love. Nature's plan will shine upon. Listen to the land. Listen to the land. Let's listen to the land we all love. Nature's plan will shine upon. Listen to the land. It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, hear, yes, maybe even eat. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week's question was about food, more specifically drink, because I was talking about Rest in peace, Club Cool and Epcot, which just closed earlier this week. And Club Cool has always been one of the fun, free experiences in Walt Disney World since it was Ice Station Cool and opened back in 1998. But your question last week was to tell me not about Beverly, 
the drink, not the person. But I personally had a favorite in recent years. It was called Bebo, and it was a sweet-ish drink. And I asked you simply to tell me what country was Bebo from. Now, I want to thank all of you who entered, got this one correct, and or were incredibly creative and funny in your answers. But Bebo is actually from South Africa, and it's a fruity drink developed back in the late 90s by Coca-Cola, also sold in Canada and South Africa and Turkey and Mozambique. And it was one of those sometimes varying flavors of beverages available at Club Cool again, which closed to make way for what is going to be the new, dare I say improved, Epcot Center. However, I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one. And again, last week you were playing for all of my digital products, which is all seven of my virtual audio walking tours, the secrets, history, and stories of the Magic Kingdom, which, by the way, you can still find on iTunes and Amazon, as well as my 102 Ways to Save Money for Not Walt Disney World book, also available on Amazon. A WW Radio vinyl sticker for your car, your laptop, whatever a WW Radio pop socket, and a WW Radio t-shirt. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Claire Moeller. So, Claire, congratulations. I have your mailing address. Because you use the online form, I will get your prize package out there right away. If you played last week and didn't win-win, that's okay. Because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So thinking a lot about Epcot this week and the changes that are coming, some of the improvements I think that are being made, and well, some of the additions, like the wonderful, beautiful statue of Walt Disney, got me thinking about Walt in the parks, not in statue form, but in other formats. So your question this week is to tell me, what two Walt Disney World attractions can you see and hear Walt Disney? What two current Walt Disney World attractions can you see and hear Walt Disney? Now you have until Sunday, September 15th at 11.59 p.m. to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there. Again, you're going to play for all the digital products, the books, the seven tours, the vinyl sticker, the pop socket, the shirt. And you know what? I'm also going to throw in a mystery prize as well. Maybe it's something from D23 Expo. Maybe it's something from Galaxy's Edge. It's a mystery to you, because right now it's still a mystery to me. But good luck, and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so very much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I understand and appreciate that time is your most valuable commodity. You can't make more. You can't get it back. And the fact that you spend and share some of it with me on the show, on the live broadcast every week means so, so very much. So I want to continue by thanking all the new members of the WW Radio family that joined our Box People group on Facebook. Please be part of the community and conversation by going to www.radio.com slash community. And huge thanks to all the new and longtime members of the WW Radio Nation family. I sincerely appreciate your love and your support and your friendship and really your help as well as being able to give back to you each and every month. I want to thank some of the new members who have joined the hundreds of you who are part of the Nation family, including Kimberly Linkletter, Aaron Morgan, Gwyn Cornell, Michael Hull, Bill and Aaron Zeiss, and Dennis Stragfors. Again, I sincerely appreciate you. And to find out how you can not only help the show, but also get exclusive rewards every month, including brand new monthly scavenger hunts exclusive to the Nation, access to our private Facebook group, custom Magic Band covers, logo gear, t-shirts, backpacks, 
care packages from Walt Disney World every month, as well as access to our exclusive live video group calls every month. Please visit www.radio.com slash support. And don't forget that while this is completely optional, you can start at just a dollar a month and every contribution goes to help support our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you join our Box People group over on Facebook at www.radio.com slash community and turn on notifications there and on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash www.radio.com. Of course, be sure to turn notifications on both so you don't miss a thing. Look, I'd love to hear from you. If you have a comment about this week's episode, a question, something I can help you with, either post it in the group or email me if you want me to answer it on the show, lou at www.radio.com. If you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WW1. I'd also love to connect with you on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Facebook. Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram, where I share a lot, not just on my posts, but in my stories as well. Of course, as much as I love communicating and connecting with you online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. It's why I continue to do monthly meetups every month in Walt Disney World. I know the past month and a half or so has been crazy with travel and D23 Expo and Galaxy's Edge, and September is even crazier. I'm heading out to Indianapolis for the Indie Disney Meet coming up next week. So I'm trying to figure out exactly when I can do a meet of the month as I have momentum coming up right after that. So I might do something crazy and I've never done before. I might actually end up doing a midweek, dare I say midday, meet of the month, maybe next week on Monday or Wednesday, September 16th or 18th. Stay tuned to the events page at www.radio.com slash events. Again, that's going to take you right to our Facebook page so you can find out exactly about this and upcoming meet of the month cruises, adventures by Disney, and other events happening. Speaking of which, this is last call for my Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World, September 28th and 29th. There's now just three spots left. I won't go into all the details, but basically this is a 50-person, two-day workshop in Walt Disney World where I and other speakers and other people in the room help you turn what you love into what you do, whether you are a podcaster, blogger, content creator, you have an idea, a brick-and-mortar business, we're going to help you make real changes to your brand, your business, and your life. Visit LouMangelo.com to find out more. And if I can maybe come speak to your conference, your event, or to your school, you can find out more again at LouMangelo.com. Thanks, as always, to Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel for joining me again this week. Be sure and check out Celebrations Magazine over at CelebrationsPress.com. And, of course, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, and I hope that you do, and if you don't, tell me why, please help spread the word. Not that you don't, but that you do. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening to this or pick one of your favorite episodes. If you can, share it on Facebook, and more importantly, take 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. It's incredibly helpful. Thanks to you. We have more than, I think, 2,100 five-star reviews. What I'm really looking for you to do is invite your friends to join our friends and be part of the community and clubhouse. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Nurse JJ, who says the show is professionally done, upbeat voice, and a clear, concise topic for every episode. It's so rare to have a clear and concise topic and for podcasters to stay on point. Uh, I won't read exactly, but Nurse JJ thinks some other podcasters are sometimes boring and stray off topic and rant, but that's okay. Uh, love the podcasting theme. Don't change, Nurse JJ. Thank you so much. Grunt0312 said, Lou's more like 10 stars? Lou, you do such a great job. It's changed my life. 
I've gotten a job at Disney Transportation and will be driving a bus and giving magic back to guests every day. Great job. Keep it up. Congratulations. Grunt. Uh, Jimmy MJ 70 says, simply the best. I'm now singing that song in my head. There's nothing I could write here that could come close to saying what this podcast means to me. Five stars isn't enough to express what you br- wow, what you bring to the world. I feel like Uncle Walt would be proud of you, Lou. Wow. Um, he goes on to say, uh, thank you. Um, are there is it Disney podcasts? Yeah, there's no need to look. My hat hangs here on WDW Radio. Jimmy, wow, man. Uh, and Mad About Disney said, makes me not miss Disney as much. I love listening to the podcast. It makes waiting for my next Disney trip a little more bearable. Thank you. And that's from Julie Minder. Julie, Jimmy, Grunt, the bus driver, Nurse JJ, and everybody who left a review recently. Thank you so much. To find out how to leave a review, just go to www.radio.com slash iTunes or just search for WW Radio in iTunes. And finally, most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love and appreciate you so very much from listening to the show to following along at Expo and Galaxy's Edge and here on the show and on social and on Messenger and email. The incredibly warm and wonderful feedback means so very much to me. I hope this show brings you a little bit of happiness each and every day and every week. I hope you know how much you inspire me to do better and to be better every single day. And if there's any way that I can and any way I can help you, please let me know. I hope that this is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou, it's Kelly DeLaquila from Long Island, New York, and um, you've made my day, as usual. You, you've done this often, but I was so excited listening to part two of the top ten things we miss in Walt Disney World. Um, all through the first episode, I had one thing in the back of my mind, and I kept thinking there is no way that they will ever say this because it's so bizarre, and no one else remembers this, but... My best friend and I were obsessed with the powdered hand soap. I remember, um, I think it was our, our last trip um, together when we were kids in 1997, where my friend brought this tiny little, um, like a Tupperware type thing that had a Mickey Mouse on top of it. It was really small, and she collected the powdered soap and put it in there just so that when we were home, we could open it up and smell it because it had a really strong, I I think I recall it as being like a, almost like an almond smell, um, like a, like an artificial almond smell. And just the smell of it reminded us of being in Epcot, our favorite place on earth. So um, thank you so much for remembering that odd little detail that meant so much to us. It really made my day to hear you talk about it. Have a great week. Hey, Lou. This is Craig Hargrove down in Austin, Texas. Uh, I just wanted to add my top ten little things I miss about Walt Disney World. And you might be covering this on the back half, the uh, second episode. But I miss, and I'm sure you remember, um, and it's a silly little thing, but um, the napkins at all the quick service and snack locations uh, used to be a white napkin with Mickey Mouse on it. In fact, everything uh, from the popcorn containers to the plates to the cups, everything had Mickey on it, and it had some sort of little saying about what you were eating or drinking. 
and um, it just was uh, special. And one of the things that uh, I always did before going home the last day was we would stop off at several locations and grab a handful of those napkins and bring them home and use them as long as we could. Um, just as a reminder when we got home about, you know, where we were at and it brought a little bit of magic home and it didn't cost anything. And I, I miss them and they've kind of evolved over the years. They went, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think they went brown for a while with Jimmy Cricket because he was the uh, logo for recycling and the tie-in with your conscience there. And then I think they just went to a complete brown napkin um, and I just would like to see those come back. But it's just what what came to my mind when you were talking about that last week with Tim. And I really enjoyed the episode. So, all right, thanks for all you do, Lou. Talk to you soon. Hi, Lou. This is Jim O'Neill from Livonia, Michigan. And I just finished listening to the podcast about the small things we miss at Disney World. And I have a few, um, the slow, in air quotes, times of the year at the parks, uh, early December and February. Um, juice boxes shaped like the fruit. And number one, Art the Greeter from the Beach Club. Uh, always great to see him when we stayed there and just such a pleasant guy and made you feel like you were coming home. Thanks, Lou. Bye. Hey, Lou. This is Jeff Deldona from New Britain, Connecticut. Uh, I am calling actually from work. I'm in a slow period at my job right now, but I wanted to call in and uh, leave a comment about uh, the, one of the little things that I miss from Walt Disney World uh, as a uh, sort of adding on to your, your double episode of top ten things, little things you miss from Walt Disney World. One of the things that I miss so much so that I actually – sought out to see if there was a recording of it uh, on a message board a while back, and it turned out that someone did have a recording of it, was it used to be when you would drive onto the property, there was, you'd be, be able to tune into a particular AM radio station, if I, if I'm, if I remember it correctly, um, and there would be a broadcast that was only available if you were, you know, within the grounds or, or at least close by the grounds um, of, you know, the events that were happening that day, uh, ride closures, things like that. And a lot of it was actually uh, done by the voices of the, you know, the Fab Five. Of course, obviously Pluto can't talk, but, um, you know, Mickey would tell you about what, what you know, what shows they were going to be or. Or, uh, you know, they, they just, it was this really cool sort of inside, like, oh, you're at the park, you get to listen to this on the way in, and no one else outside of the park or the, the, the grounds can, can hear this, this radio broadcast. So that's something obviously they don't, they don't do anymore because everything is app based and, you know, on, on your phone and everything. But that's just a little something I miss. Um, so, yeah, that's it. That's all I, I wanted to call in and, and uh, see if maybe you uh, have heard of that or remember what I'm talking about. And I hope you have a magical day. Thank you. Hey, Lou. This is Steve from Michigan Calling. I just finished show number 554, Top 10 Disney Movies That Should Be Made Into Attractions, and I had to throw in my two cents, and that two cents would be bed knobs and broomsticks. I think that would be super cool. Um, that's such a good, classic Disney film. The music's fantastic. Gotta love Angela Lansbury. Come on. 
uh, and and wouldn't it be great to just board your flying bed uh, at at you know through some of the scenes from the movie? Uh, you've got to go to the Isle of the Boom Boom and uh, go under the sea. Come on, that it's like begging for it. So there's there's uh, my two cents. Thanks, Lou. Love the show. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flower Town, PA. I'm out doing my rounds on a Tuesday night, and I have a request. I would love, we haven't had one in a long time that I can remember, a dining review with your family and get your kids on there because I love hearing their take on the food. So we haven't had a dining review, I think, in a little while. Um, so that's my request. Please. I love hearing you guys talk about food. Um, have a wonderful time at the expo. Someday I will get there. I really, really hope so. Anyway, have a wonderful week. Uh, box tomorrow night, everybody. It's the 14th, and I believe Lou has got a special show planned. So... Be there or be square. 7.30 sharp. Facebook Live. WDW Radio. Um, Have a wonderful week, guys. Take care. Make somebody smile. Bye.